Felice is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubba Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, Felice with the assist. Another bonus edition of the Houston Dynapod podcast. I wasn't going to do a second one. Then I got this, this, this message on Twitter from arguably my favorite podcaster, Sean Ringrose. And he'd mentioned he was going out of town. So he said, can you get on? Yeah, I can. For you, Sean? Yes. How are you, Sean? I'm great. Of course you can get on. Get Whoa. on and get up for me. Sorry, I muted my mic accidentally there. I, I thought it was like I got see I got this new microphone, so I got like these new controllers. Mm. And I, I didn't know if I, I didn't know if I accidentally hit something. I don't know. So, how was your Mother's Day? I mean, it was good. I spent like an hour with my mother. <laughs> she went to the movies with my dad and my sister, and oh. I don't really do movies out. What they go see? Uh, they went and saw Doctor Strange, of course. Oh, yeah. Good one. You know what? That's that's funny because later on, we're going to do a superhero comparison. You I, I did happen to take a look at the show notes. I oh, did. good, good, good. Yeah, it's going to be a fun I'm one. I'm glad I did because I needed a little time to think about the that, that little section there. It comes up real quick. Yeah, yeah. We uh, have a little fun with this one. So, yeah, my Mother's Day, I saw my mom. and Man, I was I was so beat. I felt like I was hardly there. I stayed about two and a half hours and I felt like I rushed. So I went back today and she cooked, she cooked me food again, but I brought her mail and stuff for her RV. Nice. So I'm going to give a shout out to somebody before you do. Um, if you guys are listening, Rob Zip attends everything, Dynamo dash Dynados, and he vlogs it, everything. And he throws the H up and makes that, that consistent face, you know what I'm talking about, Sean? Where like his mouth's open and his tongue's turned oh, yeah. out. Oh, yeah. yeah. So if you have not heard of Rob Zip, look him up, follow and subscribe. And Rob, I have come up with this thing where every time you pose with a dynamo player and you throw up the H and stick your tongue out, I'm calling that getting zipped. So my challenge to you, Rob, if you're listening, which you must be because he mentioned something about mushrooms. So he, he must have started listening. Uh, if you're listening, my challenge to you is to take, is to zip every single Dynadose player this year. Yeah, is that fair? Think that's possible. That was for you, Sean. You think that's uh, possible? Dynadose. Dynamo's uh, Dynamo might be more possible because they're attending the Dynadose matches. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, that's a tough one. To, I mean, I would imagine it wouldn't be that difficult, but they're. Seems to be a, you know, fairly good number of Dynados players, so that that makes it a little bit more difficult. Yeah, and they've gotten decent turnout. I've seen on social media a lot of the, the Dynamo regulars are are appearing, appearing, attending. Web Web's over there, and he said uh, he's pissed. He's pissed that not all the chairs at uh, PNC have cup holders, and I get it, Web. Yeah, hundred percent. He also kept calling it Avila Stadium. It's a, uh, Aviva. It's, yeah. it's Aviva Web. I don't know if it was his spell check or what. But it was AVILA, and I was like, where the hell is he? I mean, to be fair, Stadium. Beto Avila does kind of own that stadium right now. So he does. Avila he Stadium does. is not that far off, let's be honest. Hey, do you think he'll, he'll play before Palomino this year? Uh, With the first team? 
Ooh. Uh, are we counting Open Cup? Because no. No, let's not count Open Cup. Let's count okay. MLS we matches. Don't count Open Cup. No, because I think the players ahead of him right now are, for the most part, younger. Do you think that he was signed because of Fafa's injury? I know we, we know he's torn it up, but do you think maybe Fafa's hamstring injury rushed that process a little bit, maybe expedited it? No. No. Hmm. How come? Uh, I think what expedited that process was shipping out Nico Lemoyne or, you know, waving him open yeah. up the roster slot for a player to be signed from Dynados and Beto Avila at the time is the only player not under an MLS contract that is, in my opinion, you know, right at the cusp of being ready. Although he's, he's 21. Uh, he's 21. Talon, so he's Talon Maples is, he? is making his case though hard. What does he play? What position? Center back. Dude, we're kind of stacked there. I mean, not st- by our standards, we're stacked. Yeah, we'll talk about that here in a minute. We really will, because after watching Dynados, I got some thoughts. I got some thoughts, and I'm not going to get a chance to put them out there on Jen Orange. So, all right, you know what? We're going to add a segment uh, before listener questions. Sean's thoughts. So yeah. after after the pants on stat joke. All right, all right, all right. All right. So I was thinking on a drive over here that you and I teaming up is kind of like, and you can go with a different route, but it's kind of like if Batman and Superman got along. And it got me to think, who would be Batman and who would be Superman out of us? Now, I put you as Batman because you seem to be more gadget-oriented, right? Like your PCs and all your fancy stuff. Like You seem more gadget-oriented, but it kind of made me feel like a piece of shit for calling myself Superman. <laughs> because I, I, don't fucking, I don't fucking feel like Superman. Like if I was a superhero, like I'd be like a fucking annoying one. Like why, Deadpool. Why did you go invincible. the DC route? Is what I'm curious. Why because specifically the DC route? I had to come up with two well-known, powerful superheroes that didn't like each other but had the ability to coexist and work together. So let's change it. Captain America and Iron Man. Ooh, I'm Captain America, and I'm Iron Man. And see, now we're both happy. Yeah. Okay, that works. Yeah. I have America. Hey, I have America's ass. In case you were wondering, I mean, actually, I have no ass at all. If I don't wear a belt, I just look like a fucking pencil from the waist down. You can have all the America you want. I got pepper. <laughs> oh yeah, pepper pots. Yes. Pepper pots. Yep. So, you watched the DC match? Uh, I did every minute of it. Did you really every minute? What'd every you think? Every minute. Ah. Uh... I wanted to cry my eyes out. No, uh, uh, it's a team that clearly is struggling to grasp certain fundamental concepts and it's exacerbated or made much more difficult on the road. Um, this is the team we kind of expected them to be, I think, to some extent in terms of mediocre is right where they belong. We talk um, about DC or us? Us. Um, you know, Fontes is a great player, uh, and, and him scoring two goals on us is not really that surprising. Although one of those goals, uh, unlucky bounces, the weather, uh, you know, the, the turf, uh, just all of it, definitely not a, a pleasant, a pleasant match, but 
with that being said, I, I think our biggest struggle right now is that centrally speaking throughout the, the center of the pitch right now, we don't have. No, I'm going to take that back. We saw on, we saw on Saturday what the lack of Fafa does to this team. And that is astonishing because he's until, a 30 he's a, and he's a 31 year old journeyman. He absolutely that's how, is. That's how important he is to us. Well, I yes and no. I, I think it just shows where our weak links are right now. And I do think that there is a very clear understanding within the front office that that is an area of major concern. But I would also argue that if you're continuing to put players out there as subs that are subpar to begin with, it doesn't matter how much you upgrade your wing play. If your subs that are coming on the pitch aren't good enough to be MLS players, then you really shouldn't be bringing them on the pitch. You need to, you know, we need to be pulling up from, from Dyna dose or, you know, whatever uh, trading away players or what, you know, whatever it takes, but it, it was very clear in that match. And, you know, let's be honest, we could have a great open cup on Wednesday. We could turn around and have a great match on Saturday you know, back here, here in Houston and, and suddenly, or no, we're going to Seattle Saturday, aren't we? Seattle no, we're here. Saturday. It's Nashville here. Nashville, Nashville then Seattle. Then Big Seattle. Joe, the return of Big Joe. Yeah. And Nashville are playing pretty well right now too. Um, so that's, you know, definitely a bit of a cause for concern, but you know, I, I, yeah, the game Saturday, I think a lot of people were just frustrated at three losses in a row um, to, you know, coming on the heels of two losses when you were up one nil in both matches and losing twice in a row to, you know, your in-state rivals, basically from both sides. Um, that's rough. And then to follow it up with what with what was arguably the absolute worst match that I think we've played or the Dynamo have played this season. Um, you know, all of that hurts and it hurts bad. Uh, but you know, like I said, uh, there's definitely positives to take away. I think overall, maybe not necessarily from that match, but I think in general, um, and I think there's no doubt that, you know, areas that need to be improved right now is wing play. Uh, we need to sign Coco to a permanent deal sooner rather than later. And my God, how fast can HH get here? Did you listen to the one I did this morning? The episode uh, you... did not. But... Oh, you're like, you're man. You're like copying me. It's awesome. We're well, not copying, I mean, but great minds, baby. Great minds. Yeah. I mean, it, it only takes, you know, it only takes a modicum of intelligence. I wouldn't expect Arsenal fans to get it, but Spurs fans definitely understand the importance of, you know, players in the right position. Yeah. The loss of Fafa totally changed it. Not only that, but he went from inverted wingers to natural footed on each side. Yep. So he, the loss of Fafa caused him, and he could have kept Pasher on the right, but Dorsey's never played the left. He's always been a right-sided player, correct? Fafa? No, Dorsey. Fafa's, Fafa's Dorsey, out. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, Dorsey's always been a right, a right winger. And the thing with Fafa is it's a hamstring. Yep. And those, those can take weeks. Those can take months. And if he's gone for weeks or months... I th- oh man, because how long to the window opens? Like four to six weeks? Uh, less than so, four weeks. No, 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 no. I take that back. I think it is four to six weeks. Yeah. So if he's out for four to six weeks, 
can you imagine how far we can go down the table? Let's let's not talk about that. That could be bad. Uh, one, uh, you said positives in the DC match. I, I thought Zeka played well. I thought Clark was he was he wasn't very good. Um, the back line was decent. Up front was more of the same. Nobody can get the ball to Ferreira. It's just they have to see this. They have to see what's going on. And and like you said, they're bringing guys off the bench who aren't MLS averages. They're 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 below average players. You know, I know your favorite one, Memo. You have him slotted to tear up the USL one, not even the championship. But it's eight, eight weeks, by the way, until the uh, secondary transfer window. Fuck, that's a that's a that's a long time. I think two of those weeks though is an international break, so that's a little like it is six actual weeks of play. Jesus Christ, it could get bad. We could we could do the thing where we draw at home and we lose on the road. Next thing you yeah. know, we're in last place. I, I'm. I'm less concerned with where we end up at midseason than I am with how the transition happens with bringing Hector Herrera in. Yeah. That probably sounds almost sacrilegious to some people because you want the team to be playing well when he gets here. But I also think that one thing we as fans have to take away and have to think about is that when you have a player, the caliber of Hector Herrera, you have to give a, you have to give them time to integrate and B if we go make a bunch of moves right now, let's say we make three moves. We go grab two wingers and we grab a central midfielder, uh, like a, an attacking midfielder, or let's say we grab a defensive midfielder. Let's say that one of the wingers is a pretty high price player and you know the defensive mid is like a MLS veteran that's strong and really good at defensive mid, but maybe not the best, like he's not going to be a world beater. If Hector Herrera comes in and he doesn't gel with any of those players, you're not getting rid of Hector Herrera. So you kind of no, have think, to you have to wait till Hector's here to really start making actual like starter moves. And I'll be honest, I think that's probably the approach that they're intending to take, which is why we're not seeing a lot of knee-jerk reactions and and those sorts of things. But I also think the flip side of that is there's every possibility that Hector gets here and some of these young players get an opportunity with Hector, and we see some of these young players just blow it out of the water. Yeah, the, the uh the intangibles that I think he could instill in these players, they've never, how many of these guys have played with a guy of Hector Herrera's class as professionals? How many of these guys? Uh, this Darwin Quintero? Quintero has. Quintero. Fafa has, because he played with some pretty high quality players in Philly. Um, the, you know, two, three seasons he was there. Um, I guess Parker. Maybe. Corey Baird played in LAFC. LA. So, you know, he played with some pretty good players and Carlos Vela. And to be fair, that was the best he ever played. Was with yeah. LAFC, but I mean uh, it's LAFC. They make know, people look good. Yeah, Parker played with some pretty high caliber players. Steve Clark played with some pretty high caliber players. Zarek Valentin played with some pretty high caliber players. Diego Valeri, um, you know, to name just a single one off the top of my head, uh, Diego Chara. Um, you know, I think actually a lot of our players have played with some pretty high end talents. That I, you, you know, I think the if you look at the team. But I mean, on but on par with the Champions League starter in one of the big six leagues. That's what I'm talking. That kind of clout he's going to bring, that knowledge, that experience. Yeah, and I think I it's going to have a positive effect on just just about everybody. It has I mean, to, kind of. Well, it doesn't have to, right? Because you have a player like that that comes in. You have a team that 
you know, maybe they've started figuring out how to gel together a little bit. That's a disruption, you know, that can be a, a locker room issue, you know? Oh yeah. Here comes the guy who, you know, thinks he knows everything because he's played in champions league. We've been playing together for, you know, five months and we've gone through the downs together. Now he comes in here and it's all highs, you know, it's all highs. It's all great. You know, he doesn't know what we had to go through to get here. I think there could be some of that attitude in there. Yeah. But when he gets here and it's all great, they should be like Hector. Thank you. What can we do for you? See, I think, I don't think Hector needs to gel with us. I think we need to gel with Hector. That's what I think. I mean, I feel- I'm, yeah, I'm not, like I said, I, I have every belief that the front office intends to build around Hector and not the other way around. You know, you talk about building Colin, who's, who was supposed to be on last night and he said he had to work, which I think is just code for his mom's making him do chores. And Colin, I only say this because every time we're supposed to get together, you have to work. But Colin said, uh, we don't have any foundational pieces. He doesn't count Herrera as a foundational piece. Do you? Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding me? No, no, I, I agree. I think he is. But I think, I think maybe he's looking at young foundational pieces. And when I went through this roster, the only three I could come up with is foundational pieces. Ferreira, Hadebe, and maybe Coco. So I think the foundational pieces are really going to be coming from Dynados, to be totally honest with you. A kid like Brooklyn Reigns, uh, kids like Juarez, uh, getting to watch him play last night as a as an outside back. The sooner he gets him to MLS, the better. Um, he can he can absolutely beat Lundy for left back. Uh, you know, kids like uh, Maples out there at center back, who frankly is on par with Bartlow and probably should be pushing for a starting, not a starting spot, but at least a bench spot as a center back for uh, for the Dynamo. Um, yeah, we have some guys in the bench. I don't even know who they are. There's like one or two. I'm like, who is that? Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I just, I look at, you watch how Dynados played last night. And yes, I get it. There's people out there who are going to say, well, yeah, but they're playing against MLS next pro players. They're not playing against USL. They're not playing against, you know, actual MLS players. That, that's fair. That's completely fair. But we don't know what their actual talent level is playing against MLS players when all they've ever been given the chance to play against as a team is MLS next pro. And yeah. I'm, you know, I, I would love to see us, uh, you know, we're going to, I know we're going to talk about it and maybe this will come before that other part, but you know, with that U S open cup match on Wednesday, why not just play Dinah dose? Like, yeah, maybe you have a, a veteran player. You want to get minutes here and there. That's fine. But if those players have played, just let Dinah dose go out there and tear it up, man. The way they're playing right now, they're playing with confidence. They're playing with swagger. They're destroying other teams. You know, they're playing really well. They're really solid defensively. I, I just, I think it's an opportunity to let the young players prove that they belong. And look, if they go out there and they absolutely, you know, and they win 2-0 against San Antonio, that tells me these guys, these kids, at least a handful of them are ready for MLS, you know, at least bench minutes. And we're not yeah. even getting that right now. So at least it would be, I mean, unless you count Tiago, which I don't, I, I still don't. don't think he's, you know, he's ready for full-time right wing. You know, so yeah, anyways, I, I I wanted to say that because watching that Dyna Dose match last night after watching the Dynamo match, I'm like, how are we so hesitant to bring these kids up? Like, we understand what positions we need to improve. We've got two players, you know, at least one player who can play wing. Juarez can play wing, wing just fine as well. Why not call both of them up, Beto and, and Juarez, let them ride the bench, and then whoever wins in practice, bring them on for the final 10 minutes of every match. 
It was it was the same last year with Tab. We never saw the young kids. And even when he said he was going to play the young kids, when we were done, he didn't. And we haven't. But all right, we're going to get to San Antonio. So this is going to be a long show, by the way. Oh, we'll be fine. Here we go. <laughs> this section is called Cut, Trade, Keep. Mm-hmm. And why? So I'm going to give three names. You got to mm-hmm. pick one to cut, one to trade, one to keep. Yep. yep and, then, yep. and then a why. So here we go. Yeah, it's, it's almost it's like fuck, Mary kill. But yeah, you know, fuck, Mary kill. It's CTK. I was going to call it smash or pass, but I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to offend anybody. Well, so up top, Fafa. Wait, wait, hold on. Did you really just say on your own show you didn't want to offend anybody? Well, I didn't want to offend the players. Oh, okay, that's fair. I care about. It. I, I I will critique our players mildly because they are. A I million times meant, the I thought I you meant made. listeners, and I was like, when has that ever stopped you? No, no. <laughs> if the, if they're listening, if, if they're still if they're still here, then good. And uh, all right, here we go. Cut, trade, keep. Up top, Fafa, Ferreira, Tiago. Who do you cut? Who do you trade? Who do you keep? Uh, I am trading. Oh, this is bad. I, I'm keeping Sebas. I think he's the best of the three. Trading Fafa because I think he's got tremendous value, and I'm cutting Tiago. Ooh, I'm going to how? Oh well, Fafa's got value. Why are you cutting Tiago? He's young. He is young, but I also think that we've only got him signed for you know uh, just until like the end of next year, so it's it doesn't hurt as much to cut him. And yeah, he's young, but from what I've seen so far, yeah, he's feisty a little bit here and there, but like physically. To me, he's not that fast. And I feel like this team needs wingers that have speed. And every time we've gotten one, we've just ended up ruining their speed. And I really want one that has speed that sticks with speed and stops trying to, like, be a stronger player. Because if you look at, like, Corey Baird, when he got here, he was actually a fairly fast player. Tyler Pasher, when he got here, he was a fairly fast player. Like, pace-wise, they were both very fast. Yeah, uh, but they've declined tremendously. Well, they've taken <laughs> injuries to their legs. And that's exactly it. They've taken major injuries. And, you know, it, it, I look at Fafa as an older player. And at 31, if I can go out there and I can get another player or enough gam to go sign a four hundred dollars to $500,000, uh, you know, player from, from somewhere else that's on a free uh, or on a loan until the end of the season and then sign them permanently in the offseason that I'm making money on that transaction. Cause at some point Fafa is going to break down, um, you know, and, and like I said, with Tiago, it's just the, I, I think the inexperience, the lack of the lack of just, he's uh, an unknown he, commodity. He, he's too much of an unknown commodity. And I'm tired of just raw players. If we want raw players, they need to stay in Dynados. If we want developed players, they need to develop. And, all I've seen, and I haven't seen enough of Tiago, but what I have seen out of Tiago is he's still pretty damn raw, and we've only really pulled him up in order to kind of fill that hole that exists, and that's it. Like, not to actually play that much. So, that's me personally. Yeah. So, you know what I didn't think about? Are we looking at this as like a long-term or a short-term? I always look at the long-term, not just Okay, me too. Me too. I always look down the road. And except Se- for my personal and then Sebus, life. I mean, and then Sebus, keeping Sebus, I mean, that's a, that's a no-brainer to me because still a young, young kid in terms of age, absolutely a top, you know, top-tier starter. He's shown that repeatedly. Maybe not exactly the exact player in terms of the tactical player, um, but I think he I think he's not I think what he's being told by Paolo right now in terms of how to play 
it had it initially early on in the season, it took away from how he prefers to play. It doesn't and now that now that Paleo has Paolo has opened that up a little bit and said, you know what, just go out there and play you be you. I think that's opened him up. And and I think his goal against Austin was a perfect example of that a midfield midfield banger. I mean, you know, you don't get better than that. That was a phenomenal goal. So for me, man, I, I, I debated trading Sebastian because I think he, I think people will see that he is a top tier striker and that this league is a stepping stone. I think this league could be one that he's consistently, we have to get him service, but if we get him service, there's no reason he wouldn't have the same amount of goals up there as, uh, who was that? Uh, Jerusi? Yeah. Three there's he has four and he's touched the ball like you know not even three three digits yeah and we're in we're in game number we're on game number this will be yep. game 10 yep so i'm gonna so here, I'm, here's hold on you i gotta say, i gotta you say track no 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 no. i know i'm willing, i gotta I'm tell mean, you you're gonna okay. throw me off all right i am gonna it's intentional cut, though i know i'm a cut fa fob even though i know that it will cripple our team in the short term sure i'm, sure. I'm, a, tra- I'm a trade tiago and i'm gonna keep sebastian and Oh, you are keeping Sebastian. Yes. After I debated all of trading. that, after mm-hmm. all of that, you're going to keep Sebastian. Okay. Well, all I right. kicked around trading him so because I don't think Tiago has thing. no trade value, but Fafa, I don't know many teams willing to take a flyer on a guy that was cut, cut, and then signed with us and had one good year. I mean, you never know until you try. That's true. You got to field the offers. So here's the thing. I'm in keeping Sebastian. My intention long-term is that he is not a dynamo player for more than another two to three seasons. And to your exact point, my intention would be to sell him on to Europe and take that money and then backfill from that money. Do you think he'll be better than Elise? I do. I do actually think he will be better than Elise. He's a completely different player, but I think that type of player that he plays as is much better suited for Europe. He's much better suited for Bundesliga. He's much better suited for the, the you know, the stronger, the, the teams that want a stronger striker, a, a you know, holding striker, a, uh, you know, a guy that, that can take defenders, you know, and, and physical with defenders. That, that's what he is. And that fits Europe very well. You know, who he reminds me of he is a poor man's Kareem Benzema. Yeah, they're kind of built slowly, and he doesn't do anything extremely well, but he's pretty good at everything, which is a lot like our boy, Harry. But but when it comes to physicality, Harry's not as physical as he once was, but he can't be. Exactly. All right, cut, trade, keep. Lundy, Hadebe, Zeka. I go first. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. You made this tough on yourself. I know. I did. You think this one's tough? The next one is – that may be the hardest one of all. I know. All right. So Lundy, Hadebe, and Zeka. Now, see, so, if you've done Lundy, Hadeb, and Zeka, that'd be an easy choice, right? Wait, I did do Lundy, Hadebe, and Zeka. No, Hadeb. That was the that was the one that showed up for Open Cup and was terrible. Oh, yeah. He wasn't very good. <laughs> no, that was but that was that was his uh his second yellow card game. That was his yeah, pants. Yeah, it was. And and he proved he he really shouldn't be in US Open Cup either. Anyways, no. continue. Lundy, Hadebe, Seca. I'm going to trade Hadebe because I think he's okay. expensive for a okay. defender, and okay. he's a DP, and he's what is okay. he, third third highest paid. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to keep Zeka. Okay. Because right. I like what I've seen from him so far, okay. and as much as I love Lundy, and I think he's one of our most consistent players. I'm going to okay. cut him. I'm going to cut him. 
I'm going to trade Hidebi. I'm going to keep Seca, and I'm going to cut Lundy. Exact same reasons. Uh, I actually had this conversation in the uh, Surge Discord uh, yesterday during the Dynados match. We were talking about it on voice chat, and uh, Hidebi came up, and I said, you know, honestly, you know, Atlanta needs a central defender right now. And they, you don't, you know, that's a team that'd be willing to spend the money if they could bring in a decent one. Well, why not Hadebi? There's not another player in this league that you're going to spend, you know, a, a little bit of money to trade for to bring in that's going to be a good center back. I feel like he could fit Atlanta well and we could get him off the books, which we desperately need to do so that we can bring up either Maples or uh, Bartlow full time. And I, I'd be know, okay with getting Parker off the books too. I mean, yeah, to be honest, he's not in this list though. So I can't trade him. So, nope. so maybe, uh, Hey, maybe and I, then, knew yeah, I maybe like... I knew you were talking about Hadebi because maybe, maybe I am in the search discord. Uh, you're not. Uh, cause I know everybody who's there. Uh, Damn but it. the, uh, <laughs> nice try. Uh, but the, uh, the Seca, uh, keeping, uh, Seca, it is look, he's 31. So he's old. He's not a young cat, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. Zeka? Yeah. He's not 31. Oh, yeah, he is. Go look, buddy. He's old. He ain't young. Keep Might be going. 29. Might be 29, but he's definitely he's definitely right at the cusp of 30. 27. It's 27. He's 27? Yes. God. Uh, well, that doesn't I thought he was 26 when he signed him. Yeah, I thought he was 26 when we got him. I think Seca has looked better than Lundy. Um, look, Lundy is that no-quit guy, though. That's tough to replace, but I just feel like Seca... Uh, in general terms, knowing that I have Juarez that I could put in at left back if I had to, I feel comfortable getting rid of Lundy. So that's one of the reasons. And then I think long term, Seca at right back is a really good stopover until Ian Hoffman is ready to take over right back permanently or even rotate with Seca. Yeah. If that day comes, we never know. It oh, it's going to come. On like, like he played Lemoyne. freaking fantastic, though. Anyways. All right. Here's the one that you're dreading. I'm not really dreading it. I already know. Cut, trade, keep. Coco, Quintero, Matias Veda. So you put Darwin on here. So I immediately said, oh, he must be talking about Seren because he was stupid to put Quintero in this group. Yep, Quintero. Okay, all right, all right. Well, this is pretty easy for me, actually. I kind of threw you a curveball and made you think it was hard. I'm keeping Coco. Young player, uh, fantastic player, honestly, is a core piece that you can build around. Darwin Quintero is old. I'm, I'm... at the point where I'm okay cutting him, I don't think that he's got any trade value. Vera has trade value, so Vera's a trade. See, I think I'm keeping Coco. I think to some team, Darwin Quintero has value, and I think his value is more than a slightly better than average defensive midfielder. Because when Darwin's on, which he has been a couple times this year, he is one of the best in the game. I'll remind you that Atlanta United also need a defensive midfielder. So I'm just saying, yep. if we're making that trade for Hidebi to Atlanta, why not throw Vera into the mix for that? Throw in Memo while we're at it and Baird because we don't need him. And you we'll know, just take of, like a million and a half uh, gam from them and just call it a day. Speaking of other teams, did you see the Sounders and the Galaxy just lost two key players for the whole year? I did. Jao Paulo, man. I watched the, the CCL final and I knew the, and I said it and cause we were watching it in the search chat. Cause this is what we do. And I said, while watching that match, I was like, dude, he is done. Like you could see when he spiked his leg into the ground and it wasn't like he was like out of position or anything, but the, the entire leg was perfectly straight. 
And that's Ooh. like the knee was hyperextended. I was like, no, that he didn't tweet. He didn't twist anything. It was just hyperextension and it was a severe hyperextension. And when he like when it jammed into the ground, you could just see the way that it spiked and bounced back off the turf. I was like, no, there's no way he's done. So he, not a surprise ever, to me. You ever hyperextended a knee? I haven't, thankfully. Ooh, uh, I, I don't want Fucking to ever hurts. do that because, yeah, it, it sure does. I, uh, I did it. So I think I've told you I was in the military and I got to go jump out of planes at Fort Benning. And on my fourth jump, the wind like changed as I was about to land and it ended up flinging me forward. So when I landed, I was going backwards with my ass at the ground and my left knee completely locked up. And it was like my fucking nose touched my kneecap. It hurt quite a bit. When I got back, it turns out there was no, uh, no ligament damage, but they yep. found out that I'd had stress fractures at some point in my life. Yep. And it wouldn't surprise me, you know, with Jao Paulo's age, he's not old, but you know, as long as he's been playing, uh, you know, footy and as long as he's now played on that Seattle pitch, that, that turf, you know, stress, yeah, that'll, stress that'll fracture take some years. No out doubt. Yeah. All right. So you talked about the San Antonio match a little bit earlier. I did. If we run out your Dynados, mm -hmm. we're going to go two parts here. If okay. we run out the Dynados, what's your prediction? Uh, 2-0 Dynados. If we run out our squad players that we ran out against RGV, what's your prediction? Mm. O2, O2 San Antonio. All right. I'm going to go Dynados. We lose 2-1. to one. Squad players, we win 3-2. to two. I think that they'll look better, but I would... Do we take this seriously? San, Do we have San to take Anto this seriously? So you have to consider San Antonio did not look good this weekend. They look piss poor this weekend. Well, so they're, they're going to play up. up. They're going to play up and we're going to play down. I mean, so, you say that, but if you try out Dynados players out there, they're not playing up to Dynados players. They're playing down to Dynados players. So you're almost, you're almost challenging them to play up. And honestly, I think that, I, yeah, I just... I think if you go out there and you trot out your your backups and your reserve players, you're just giving them more ammunition. If you trot out your Dynados players, you're kind of making them question themselves. You're playing that mental game tactically. And to be honest, think, the Dynados players can run and they will they will keep running and they won't stop running. Do you think this is one we should take seriously? Or should oh, we yeah. use it as a development? I know we should definitely take it seriously. Do you think that trotting Dynados out there is going to look like it's serious to Paulo? Who cares what it looks like? It, it's all about the end result, right? So, well, if he trots Dynados out there and we lose, you know what's going to happen. If we if that happens and then we lose Nashville, you know they're going to go up in arms. Sure, but if he trots out, if he trots out, you know, half starters, which he's not going to do. They rested too many Dynados. Like they they pulled too many Dynados players off the pitch early. They Sounds like he's damned if he them. does and he's damned if he doesn't. He's damned if he does, he's damned if he don't. And at this point, you don't worry about the reaction from this particular match. It, you go out there and you play whatever you believe can win. And to me, our subs are not good enough. Dynados are good enough. At least give them a chance. At this point, we're not giving them a chance to prove anything. And you got to give them a chance to prove something. And you can't do it with mismatched players and different styles of play and positions and things like that you got to play to their strengths and let them just do what they do yeah let them play their way yeah all right man so a little less serious now for the, topic. Now for the serious time topic. yeah now for the serious time all right this next segment who do you think the best dancer is and why best dancer tim parker daniel steris or stephen clark why'd you chuckle when you said uh, stairs his name 
Oh, no, no, because I was thinking of Stephen Clark. Because every time. All right, I'm going to throw you a curveball. Well, hold on. When Clark, when Clark makes a save, mm-hmm. me and my son will always yell, go, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Yes, Stephen. Mm-hmm. He's his whole government name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Clark, because he definitely has the, uh, the line dancing down to an art. Yeah, Parker strikes me as a little clunky. He looks like the guy from The Incredibles, and that guy can't dance. Mm, fair. And Steris, I mean, he already had a lower body injury a couple of games in, so he'd break down early on the dance floor. So it's got to be Steve. And my reasoning is probably the sleeve tattoos. He's got a little, mm. he's got a little gangsta in him somewhere. Mm. All right, next one I think is really Steve. Best dancer out of Memo, Corey Baird and Ethan Bartlow. I'm going with Memo. And I think that when it comes down to it, Memo can salsa dance like a motherfucker, but not as good as Fafa. I think when it comes to the team, Fafa is the best dancer, but I, I don't see Corey Baird. I see Baird and Barlow as the guy that they have their arms crossed and they just kind of nod their head or maybe tap a foot and nod a head. Like that's as far as they go because they know they have to stay in that little tiny zone because if shit starts going, it's going to look weird like Elaine from Seinfeld. I'm going to go with Memo because surely he has to be good at something because it's not soccer. Oh, you're so negative on him. <clears throat> Ah, he's lost me. I gave him seven years of my life, and all he's giving me back is absolutely shit in return. So Guillermo, I mean, he scored what? Remember, remember that year he led the team in assists? Yeah, is that two, we three were years? Terrible ago? that year too. We've been terrible for a minute now. We've been all bad right. for a while. All it's right. uh it's almost like they have us trained to like, hey guys, we're gonna start fast, but then you know what's coming. I wouldn't even say we started fast, but you know, I also I also think to to be fair i also think that there is an intention as to how we want to play in terms of tactically and we just don't currently have the players to do it i think there was some I hope that we would based on the players that we had but i think the off season has you know the preseason and the off season proved that some of the players are not where they need to be yeah so oh we're done we're out to nashville oh look at that Which we're on I- the nashville I love that we have two home matches in a row because I think it gives us a chance to have two wins, even though I think the Nashville match will be a draw. It's going to be a draw. I think think Joe Willis is going to come in and have a pretty good game, but there's going to be one dumbass thing he does. It leads to a goal, and it's a 1-1 draw. But it gives us the chance to build momentum because then we go on the road for a minute. We know how good we are there. So you you think draw two? What do you got the final score as? Did you hear me? Sorry, hold on. Uh, ask me the question again. There was a tweet that came out with a poll, and I had to answer the poll because I wanted to be first, and I was. So, sorry, John. This is more important than Twitter. No, it's not. Shut up. What we all deserve. We all deserve your undivided attention. Something about another loss, Bill Trouble for Paulo. Is that what you asked me? No, you're jumping ahead. I said, <laughs> "What do you? Th- what is your score prediction for the Nashville game?" Uh, I already said draw. I agreed with your draw. I think that's no, the best I, we can hope for against Nashville. I have it as one to one. Do you have a score line? Oh, you want a score line? Yeah, let's get detailed. Zero zero. Ew, that'd be fucking horrible. We're we're not beating Joe Willis in goal. He's gonna play up, and we're gonna play more defensive. Like we're gonna try to be attack oriented early, and then we're gonna start going into a defensive shell when we sub on our terrible shit ass subs. So if we beat San Antonio and we draw zero zero to Nashville, doesn't that kind of feel like a loss to you? Like a not at all. Draw at home? Not at all. Coming off three straight losses, no, that that you know, one of which against your rival in state, no, you you, you take the Shit, draw. Both, both. You well, I guess the, the one. 
Yeah, at so home. I said at what, home against your rival. What is it going to take to spell trouble for Paulo? If we lose both of these games or if we lose the Nashville match, do you think those, those murmurs, because you've seen them, right? Yeah. Do you think they start to get a little bit louder? Do you think the people more center start? To oh, go, I don't huh. think it matters what happens if, unless we blow out, you know, five Oh Nashville or three Oh Nashville. I think those murmurs are still going to exist. Do, do you uh, think Paulo seems like he knows what he's doing? Oh yeah. Okay. I think he's got a real firm grasp on what he's doing. I think the problem is, is that, you know, inheriting a team that was already so far below the quality level of MLS is a tough ask. And when a lot of it was mortgaging the future in order to pay for the, what is now the past, you know, that makes it difficult for Pat to work with. And a perfect example is bird. We are currently paying $630,000 in gam this season, this season to LAFC in order to hold on to bird. Yeah, he was like 750 total, wasn't he? Yeah, he was 68,000 in 2021 and 630,000 this year or something like that. So, I mean, just ridiculous amounts of money. And, and look, Jordan did the same thing with Christian Ramirez when he came. Jordan's thing was always we're going to we're going to we're going to mortgage our, you know, next couple of seasons in order to bring this one player in that's a veteran in MLS and then they never panned out. They were always poor players. If Everton get relegated, should we make a push for Deli Ali? No, I don't think he. I don't think he and Paulo would mesh well. You know, you t- we talk about Baird costing three quarters of a million. Deli was only five million yeah. when they found him. Yep. that's like that's only seven times more. We could have had Deli for seven times more a couple of years yep. ago. So there's a there's a kid. I'm gonna I'm gonna totally take off track, and I'm, you're gonna forget where we are, and it's gonna be hilarious. Actually, I got it. You more pants got, pants on, Stead. Yeah, you got notes. There's a kid out in, who's playing for Independiente right now, and he's a kid who is a dual citizen, dual national, uh, U.S. Uh, U.S. player and a Argentinian player playing for Independiente. He has two goals in his last two, or a goal in each of his last two matches. He's playing an attacking midfield position. He's incredibly talented and he's technically sound a kid. We need to go after. We need a true attacking mid to get rid of Darwin Quintero and stop relying on a 33 year old, 32 year old Darwin Quintero. And to me, that gives you freedom to start making moves in the midfield to get rid of some of these central midfielders that are guys that are okay at, at, at everything, but you know, not good enough at anything. They're just average all around. Yeah. So his name is Alan. Soronia, Soronia, Alan, 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 Alan. Alan. You know, when people say dual citizenship, all I can think in my head is they're a fucking spy. Or maybe There's, it's Soronia. That's more too. I just, I just think of like the Americans. They're just spies. Yeah. Sent here to destroy the cultural fabric of America. Yep. America. Uh, speaking of which, real quick, uh, since you didn't give me this opportunity up front because you plugged rob's show and you didn't oh, yeah. give me a chance to plug one that's I got okay, you at the end. okay. I, got you at the end. I know i know but i'm gonna plug my podcast thing later um so my plug right now before your pants on stat story i'm gonna plug dynalytics right now you guys if you want some really good analytical statistical breakdowns some really interesting uh they've been doing some a tweet series recently and it's really fun to to read what they're tweeting out breaking down statistics for specific players and you know would you do this or would you do that uh at dynalytics underscore d-y-n-a-l-y-t-i-c-s underscore they also have a podcast as well definitely hit those guys up i know they'll appreciate the shout out but they're doing some great work over there and 
I just, I needed to make sure I gave them a shout out before I forgot. You know, I reached out to an old soccer guy, Eric Simpson. Eric. And I asked him, I said, hey, do you have a microphone? And he said, no. So I'm trying to meet up with him and, and sell him my old mic my old, for like on the cheap. Because I told him, I said, man, it sounds like you're in an echo chamber. That's the only negative right now. If they can get the, once they get the audio fixed, like with the mics, it's going to be tits. It's going to be a great show. So hopefully I can get him the mic. I also offered it to Colin, but Colin probably has to go to work. Also known as chores. You know, we never did get the Colin's mom hashtag trending. That's a shame. Well, you know, we didn't put a lot of effort into it either. I mean, I retweeted it. I don't yeah, think that's that's come on. You can do more than that. Dude, he was so stoned when he got onto. He was like, I've been high on the show. He was like, I've high all the time on the show. He was like ridiculously stoned. He was like young kid stoned, like how I used to get just goofy and giggly and shit. It was hilarious. You used to? I don't get dude. I don't I don't react to it that way anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't sure. it doesn't make me into like an idiot. Sure. I'm like I'm like because well, you don't remember it happening doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Oh no, I remember it. I don't like I don't dude like if anybody blacks out from weed, you need to not do drugs. I'm not at talking all. about blacking out from weed. Including Tylenol. Mm. Also, if you think weed is dangerous, you're the person that needs to smoke weed. So <laughs> I was seriously, I was driving home today and I'm thinking like, what's like a sexy little story I can make up? And it occurred to me. Why does it got to be sexy? Because it's how we roll here. So I started thinking, which one of, which member of our club front office is the most powerful figure? And I came up with Pat Onstead. And I started thinking, like, I wonder what Pat's ultimate display of power could be. And it hit me. I bet that when Pat greets a player who's just signed, he does it in like Ferragamo shoes. <laughs> Hold on. Dress oh, socks. I already dress, know where you're taking us to. Dress socks. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Those little stirrups that uh, wrap around your legs. Oh boy. Right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. A pair of uh, silk low cut briefs, a shirt and a tie. And the tie is like not all the way up and the top button is definitely unbuttoned a top couple buttons are unbuttoned and he just stands there like he doesn't sit behind a desk he stands there and has his tailor that's right his custom tailor measuring him while he greets the newly signed players and ted siegel sits in the corner and i call that one pants on step it's because uh, of, it's interesting it's a little so, weird right so uh you know you said uh, which front office member you know has the what, what did you call it has the biggest what most powerful like the biggest most powerful all right it, like if, if right. you came across them you'd be like oh shit all right. my daughter keeps facetiming me oh oh you should take that call you know what i you will can mute yourself because i'll go into story mode for a minute Go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, look, the, the honest answer to that, wh- whether you a- acknowledge or realize it, is it's not Pat. The biggest front office member, the, the front office member with the, uh, w- you know, with that, uh, with the most power, uh, you know, the most power move, I guess, the biggest power move would be a better way to say it, uh, would have to be uh, Ted, uh, Ted Siegel. Um, and it's because, frankly, all he has to do is just drop trowel and people realize how big those balls really are. 
and They're frankly, quite and big. frankly, that guy, Ted Siegel, is literally like as far as what he's done so far. Yes, the results aren't perfect, but what he took over, how far this club was from relevancy to at least getting us to a modicum of relevancy in one, less than a season at this point. I mean, it's a, it's miraculous. And to think what this guy is going to be able to do with guys like Pat and Asher and, uh, you know, and even to some extent, Nick Kalba, uh, guys that are, you know, real scouts that are out there as well and finding talent and building talent from, from within and building talent from without signing new talent from outside, et cetera. You know, look, there's no question. Ted's going to take us to the promised land, whether it's MLS cup, whether it's open cup multiple years in a row, uh, whether it's consistently in the playoffs for the next 10 seasons, uh, you know, whether we make CCL play for three seasons in a row and we finally win a CCL cup for ourselves, you know, whatever it is, he's going to get us to the promised land. And I fully have bought in and fully believe in Ted. I also think that Pat's wearing a Rolex while he's uh, going through all this. And as far and as it's Ted not on goes, his wrist. Oh, good one. <laughs> and that's all it's bulging. But speaking of Ted, you know, drop and trow. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do you think Ted has smooth balls? You think he lets it grow wild? You think he trims it? What do you think? Because I, I envision that he has like smooth balls that are ridiculously not wrinkled. Like they're <laughs> not abnormally smooth, but they're, they're smooth enough that you're like, damn, those balls are not very wrinkly and they're not too veiny. And they're like, I mean, just let's the be right real. Size. When you have overgrown balls and his have to be overgrown, they, they don't swell to that size naturally. Right. He's so got to tape them to his leg. Look, they're going to be naturally smooth because all of that stuff has to flex out of the way for those testicles to really, you know, fit in that sack properly. Man. Our owners are just, mm. there should be his knees. So, Sean, here we go. This is time for your thoughts. Since you're not having the Gen Orange this week, yep. hit us with it. What, what's going through your mind, man? What's up? Uh, Dynados. Thank you. Dynados. I was like, wait, what? I, I believe that there are some players on Dynados that are going to benefit from Hector Herrera getting here. And I also think that Hector Herrera getting here is going to open up opportunities for our club to make some moves. We have to be very careful not to expect moves before Hector Herrera gets here because they want to make sure that they are picking the proper positions to upgrade. Again, it feels like they want to build around Hector Herrera, and I have no problem with that. Hector Herrera is going to be a cornerstone for at least the next three seasons. He's bought into the club. He's bought into the idea that he can be a cornerstone. This is his chance to really put a mark on a club. Look, this is basically our Carlos Vela, just in a different position. And frankly, that's what we need. It's where we're at. And I think that ultimately, Hector Herrera, when he gets here, he's going to point out five or six players that are not high enough quality, and he's going to have Pat get rid of them. Point blank. He's going to tell Pat straight up, these players are not good enough. They need to be gone. I don't care how you do it. Just do it. And I frankly, that's the start of the good times. So just be patient is all I'm trying to say. There's some players in Dynados that I think are going to get opportunities. Hector Herrera is going to see him and be like, those kids need to be up with me. And he's going to, he's going to usher in the new era and I'm ready for it. And look, I'm even more hyped now for Hector Herrera than I was when we signed him. That's my thoughts. That's all. Yeah. That's uh, I don't know, ma'am. Uh, I actually, my daughter called. I fucking, I didn't hear all of it. I'm a terrible person. No, you're fine. I I ignored you for your earlier national questions. So we're good. Yeah. I think, I think Dynados is a really good piece to have. And I like that. Uh We are the only club in Texas that has one, right? Uh Uh, No, 
North Texas, are they in MLS next, bro? They're they're technically an affiliate of Frisco. They're so, Frisco oriented, I guess you could say. They are Frisco's lower minor club. Yeah, and they're they're there. So, all right, man. Listener questions. Here we go. Mm-hmm. What's harder? What's harder? Supporting Tottenham Hotspur mm-hmm. or the Houston Dynamo? Uh, Youngman Son is harder. Oh wait, that wasn't the question. Sorry. Um, it's harder supporting the Dynamo. Because Spurs, for as much of a struggle as it's been for so long, they're at least competing against the big clubs right now in Premier League. And they're doing it well. Um, You know, Dynamo in MLS, you know, we're still mediocre. We've got plenty of room to grow. I think it'll be it would theoretically be easier for the Dynamo to improve. But I do think it's harder supporting the Dynamo right now. And to be fair, Spurs have not been miserable for the last 10 years. They've had some very high moments. Uh, you know, I look back to Champions League under Pochettino and just that run under Pochettino in general. Um, we've got some fantastic players with Spurs. And I feel like with the Dynamo, we've got a decent kind of few handful of players at this point and a lot of good youth players. But we're still missing those core, you know, core, strong star level players. Yeah, one of them's coming. Uh, but I still think we probably need another one. And I just don't feel like that's the case with Spurs. You know, to me, it's it's harder supporting Spurs because there's hope. There's hope there that they will win. With the Dynamo, we have been just so, so bad for so long. It's like, okay, anything that we win, like we are at the point where we're like the playoffs are a win. With Tottenham, it's like Champions League is where we need to be. Like that's where we need to be. So for me, Supporting Tottenham because unless we're playing a Liverpool or a City, I expect to win. I expect to win every week. And, and yet, with Houston, and yet, it's not the same. And yet for Spurs, zero losses against those two teams this season. Right, I know. And then they lose to fucking Brighton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't talk. I yeah. mean, to be fair, Brighton's beaten a couple teams this season. Uh, you know, didn't they just them. beat Man U four to one? They beat Arsenal the week before they beat us. Was that Bright Brighton beat? Yeah, we're talking about Brighton. Brighton yeah. beat up on uh, Man U the week or just now. Yeah, yeah they're well, not. To be fair, Man U are not good this year. Not right now. They they and look they, disjointed as hell. And they spent money. Yeah, Pogba's gonna leave. Yeah. Paul Pogba's yep. gonna leave. He's been linked yep. with Spurs. He's linked yep. with Spurs. Man, your chair is fucking squeaky. Yeah, I got to get some WD forty for this shit. Yeah, but I, I think the hope is what kills them, Tottenham because the Dynamo. I, I know when I'm when I turn the game with Dynamo. I know if we go down two nothing in the first half, I know it's over. I'm like, okay, this is over. I can go to the point where I just turn it off. Spurs, I have to I fucking make myself finish it. I have to keep watching it. There's only been one or two occasions. Okay, maybe a few more than that. But there's only been a handful of occasions this season with Spurs where I feel like if we went down a goal or two that we couldn't, you know, we couldn't have a chance to come back, which is exactly what you were saying. But I'm, the point I'm trying to make there is I would rather that, though. Yeah, it, it, it hurts more when we do lose. It hurts more when we don't mount that comeback. But I also think there's much more – there's been way more highs with Spurs than there's been lows this season. Yeah. And with Dynamo, it's been the opposite right right now. We're in, again, we're not halfway through the season quite yet. So, yeah, I, I just – again, I, I still think where we are with Spurs is higher. Um, we need to see, obviously, how the offseason goes for Spurs, and we need to finish out these last two matches, I think. As of all, we got three, 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 three. matches – yeah. Need to finish these three matches strong, come out hard against uh, Arsenal, strong against Arsenal, win that match. We have to win all three Arsenal. to get in. 
We have to win all three to make that Champions is League. not true. Two wins. If you, if, um, if Chelsea continue to not win two wins is enough to get us into fourth, uh, fourth did, place. Did you hear that? If they couldn't sell the team, they were going to have to dissolve the club. Yep. yep. I was like, fucking. All right. Okay. Do it. Yep. Dissolve that shit. They'll be back. They would be back, but oh my God, that would be a massive be, blow to the economy of London. They'd be back, but they'd be back as a very different club. They would not be the, the strong club they are now. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, was it Queens Park Rangers? Yep. They were dissolved yep. and they came back. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Second listener question. And I already this know. Hard. I know yours is a no. I know mine's also a no. But have yeah. you ever sent a nude to the wrong person? And did you get one back? So am I only answering the whole question together or am I supposed to split this up into two parters? Let's go to uh, you ever sent yes, to the wrong person. Yes. <laughs> and it was unintentional. Oh, what was it? What, what body part was it? The Peter? I mean, no, it actually wasn't. <laughs> it was someone who wanted me for my ass and I was okay with it. Oh, uh, you're going to say feet. I was like, Ooh, no, 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 I no, not a chick with a foot fetish. Never happening. Um, yeah, stay away from my feet. Ew. Yeah, no, my feet uh, look like Shrek and Frodo had a baby. Oh, oh, yeah. Why? I don't like why. My feet. Why would you? I'm saying, man. That's what right. My feet look like. I'm offended. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that got sent to the wrong person. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. You know, it could have been could have been full Peter. Uh, but you know, didn't get a reply back. I mean, it was it was a good friend of mine. So it was more of a funny joke than anything at that point. But. Uh, the immediate like just oh shit that's not the right person that was supposed to go go to and then yeah i i haven't lived it down they know who they are if they're listening to this show i fucking hate you but i love you but i hate you all the same you're gonna have to send those pics to houston dynapod at yahoo.com not happening buddy that's h-o-u-s-t-o-n so yeah, uh, thanks obviously... for putting your actual email address out there because now I'm going to sign you up for all the Spotify. of the spam. I'm going to sign you up for all of the spam uh, newsletters. Oh, dude, I already get so much porn in my inbox. Yeah. So uh, I've never sent a nude to the wrong person. However, back when I was in my mid-20s, I was dating a girl whose first name started with a B. And right above her in my phone was another girl whose first name started with an A. Now, I messed around with both, the B before the A. Okay, but the A liked me and the A was kind of uh, not my type. She was like a moped. She's fun to ride, but she didn't want your friends to catch you on her. Now, I texted the girl I was seeing. I was like, I said something like, hey, um, you want me to make over later? What the fuck? Because, you know, mid 20s, we were we talked dirty. All right. And I get one back and it's like uh, had plans, but not really quite sure if you sent this to the right person. I looked down and went, oh, shit. And we were in a fucking training together. Like she was in the room, two tables over and two tables up, sitting with uh, one of her friends who was, oh, she was so, such a good looking girl. Her and I messed around too. But same girl, same fucking mix up. Uh, no, actually, the A one time, she was texting me and she asked me what I was doing after work. Now I was staying after work to help run a clock for a game. However, when I wrote the word clock, I forgot the L. So I wrote. Oh, yeah, sure. You forgot the L, right? Conveniently I forgot the L. Yeah. I wrote uh, busy working the cock later. Yeah, yeah. And then I get back like a what? Question mark, exclamation point. And I was like, 
Oh my fucking God. No, I'm working it, the clock clock. I was like little C capital L little Ock. Little Ock. Little Ock. Little Ock. <laughs> yeah, it's probably that long ago. Huh? Uh, I, I actually have to say, I find that funny because uh, let's be honest, that's probably exactly what you were planning on not planning to do ne- later necessarily, but definitely what probably ended up happening later. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was at a, I was at a kid's basketball game. I don't think that's an appropriate place to do that. <laughs> I, think, I, I think, mean, I think they, the whole night or just, you know, I mean, define later, right? That could I mean, be for a couple after. hours. Well, a couple, couple hours. But yeah, man, definitely, I definitely hope you're not doing that at a kid's basketball game. Yeah, that, that same girl that got those two odd texts. Okay. We were, we were one night drinking at her house and it was me, her and her friend, the same friend she'd been in the training with who was really good looking. And she's like hitting on me and she goes to us. She goes, Hey, do you guys want to watch porn? No, I'm not stupid. I know if a woman puts porn on, I know what the goal is. Like you want to do a little three-way action. Most likely this bitch puts on squirt porn, which to me just looks like women peeing. I, I don't understand the fetish behind the squirt porn. And if you've ever been squirted on, it's a fucking weird feeling because it does. It, it's almost like you were getting peed on it. it it's quite strange, but her selection of porn turned everybody off in the room with her. So I missed a very good opportunity for a three-way with an A and a three, which combined is an 11. That averages out to a five and a half. We round up. That's two sixes. There we go. It's like sleeping with one six. Sean, you know, right now you're going to have to tell us about Generation Orange that appears usually on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. on Twitch. That's right. Generation Orange that appears usually on Wednesdays at 7.30 on Twitch. Uh, you can also hit up our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash generation orange show. Uh, yeah. yeah, get no. your ass to their YouTube and subscribe because you guys just broke that hundred mark, huh? Yeah, we did. We're up to like 105, 108 now, something like that. But yeah, nice. Yeah, man, get on there uh, and subscribe, also, support people, support also, everybody, guys. Important. I'm going to throw this out there. I'm working on planning to try to figure it out to make it work Tuesday night next week because I'm traveling this week, Tuesday night next week. I will be doing a live stream of a PC rebuild, which means taking apart a current older custom PC that I've built and replacing some parts and replacing the uh, PC case. So if you guys are interested in that, tune in on the Twitch uh, and maybe you'll learn a thing or two because I answer questions while I work. Do you think I should name this episode squirt porn? You totally should. And you don't know how many, like you're going to get so many hits off that. I know, I know. Yeah, we're going to do it. This episode will be called Season 2, Episode 24. People are going to turn it off after the first minute. Like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. That girl's going to listen. She's like, oh, my God, I found him. She's not making it that far. No. More than one reason. Yeah, you know what? Um, I read a little thing today because I was thinking about, like, expanding my my reach to the female gender. Turns out Mm. about 0% of females listen to sports podcasts. That's not true. On a daily basis, it's it's less than one. Less than one. Well, no, dude, I have like, it's fucking weird. I have a female gender audience. It's not a big one, but it's like Mm. 11 or 12%. Mm. Like I know one of them is my mom. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know there's a couple exes that listen Mm. one, two for sure. One of them kind of fucking stalked me on Twitter. Happy mother's day to all three of you. And I'm sorry you had to put up with Finn back then. Well, only one's a mom. Only one's a mom. Actually, two. I don't know. It might be just, three X's. Just because you don't know doesn't mean they're not. <laughs> well, one of them for sure. She had no kids. And that, that's a thing I learned about being mm-hmm. single and dating. Mm-hmm. When women or men 
I mean, at my age, I'm 40, right? We're all a little fucking broken. And we're, we're like, we're like the land of, mis- of misfit toys. That's what dating is after in this age, because we're all fucking divorced and we have issues. We probably have mental health problems or whatever. But like, um, if they get to be older, late thirties, mid thirties, forties, and have never been married or never have kids, I've noticed that they're fucking crazier. I can't oh, say the same yeah. about the men, the women. Oh my God. Because at the heart of it all, I think most dudes want to be playboys. And I think most girls want the white picket fence and you know the, the, the cat and the dog and all that shit. I think that, I, I, okay, here's the thing. So we're going to go into some psychology here for a second. I think that's true to an extent, but I do think that younger girls, and I'm referring to like 19 to 25, they are looking for that bad boy. And, and then they get out of it after 25 and they get into that. I want the like settle down phase. Yeah. I think that I, that's why so if I'm, you're, if you're a younger guy listening to this podcast, you know, you're, you're in that 18, 19, 17, 18, 19, and you're looking for a girl that's under 25. Let me tell you, go bad boy. And you're going to hit it. And I'm going to tell you, if, if you're that age, you really need to invest in learning how to eat pussy properly because it's a definite bonus and a perk. And I've only ever met like one chick that wasn't a big fan of it. And she's a lunatic. So learn that. Spell the alphabet with your tongue. Cannot go wrong. Anyway, mm-hmm. ending on a positive note. That's it. You got anything else you want to add? Nope, that's it. All right, then. Boys and girls, thank you for listening to the bonus episode of the Houston Dynapod podcast. This one was a little dirty, a little fun, and I'm glad I got to imagine a Ted Siegel's smooth, somewhat veiny balls. Remember, guys, hashtag squirt, squirt porn this week. Hashtag, squirt hashtag porn is the squirt name. Porn. God, I can't even say it fast. Squirt porn. There we go. All right. I'm Finister. Thanks for showing up, Sean. This is the Houston Dynapod podcast, and as always, go Dynapod. The lease is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubble Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right. Elise with the assist. Big shout out to my favorite band, Familiar with Failure, for the introductory music. You can find them at FWFTX on all social media platforms. Once again, that's familiar with failure. Check them out. Badass band. Cool ass people.